November is the last focused month before the holidays kick in. People are often head down, trying to hit targets or to finish projects. This makes it a great time to show your team some gratitude. At Rebel, we talk a lot about building authentic cultures and showing gratitude is the key. You can feel it when you're in a workplace that values gratitude and appreciation because the vibe is tangible. And when it's missing, it's equally evident. At Rebel, showing gratitude and appreciation is something that we've seen trickle through our business in ways we never would have imagined. It's worked its way through the organization right up to the customer and from there to our bottom line. Its impact should not be ignored. You can show gratitude in big ways and small ways. In the past, we've opened up a tab at a coffee shop near our office so staff can enjoy a latte or a treat for their hard work. Sometimes showing gratitude is as simple as taking the time to genuinely thank people, to let them know you recognize how their contribution made a difference. That's what building an authentic and awesome culture is all about. Until next month, this has been Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Meet Canada's leading changemakers at the 2016 Startup Canada Awards Grand Finale in Toronto. On November 29th, join us to celebrate the 16 national winners of this year's awards. Hear their inspiring stories and mingle with the who's who of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Register today for this exclusive must-attend event. Tickets are available at startupaward.ca forward slash events. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Storytelling, the journey of real changemakers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, the CEO at coachingbyrockstars.com. Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. On the show, we will fill you in on the trends, opportunities, and possibilities of your next steps as an entrepreneur. And we're going to have amazing conversations on advancing entrepreneurial success and growth in Canada. If you're a regular Startup Canada podcast listener, Welcome back and thanks to any of our new listeners. Remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast on the iTunes stores and then visit startupcan.ca to become a member of Startup Canada and get access to mentors, resources, support and opportunities to start and grow your business. Go that button. 
And we are ready to go. Well, today is the day, uh, and I have been reading the questions that are relayed, that are written for the next um, guest on our show, and I'm going to tell you, this is going to be one cool freaking interview. Uh, it's really, really awesome. They, they got 15 questions for me to ask, but I'm going to tell you, there could probably be like 1,500 based on the career of this woman. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so thrilled to have on the show Anastasia. Valentine. Anastasia is a technology and startup marketing guru and the vice president of marketing at Versature, a cloud-based telecommunications company that offers voice over IP, or for us techie guys, VoIP, business communication solutions while disrupting Canada's telecom industry. I love the word disrupting. We're going to be all over the map today from the future of Canada's telecom industry, public speaking, and and girls in STEM, S-T-E-M, capitalized to making the jump from entrepreneurship into intrapreneurship. Anastasia will share her story, experiences, insights, and lessons with all of us today. And if that isn't enough, she also sits on the board of directors for Hervolution, a Toronto-based nonprofit that works to improve access to education and employment in STEM fields for girls and young women. Anastasia is also an author of two children's books, the founder of a successful digital marketing agency, the founder of an indie record label. I told you it was going to be a good interview and has more than 20 years of experiences working with entrepreneurs, startups, and fortune companies with marketing and strategy. Wow. Welcome to the show, Anastasia. It's great to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, River. I really appreciate it. I think I, I need to do more things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's pretty darn impressive. You know, we were talking about uh, about contribution to uh, entrepreneurship as a, as a uh, basis for an Order of Canada Award. I think you're ready right now to go to Redo Hall. It's uh, just really cool what you've done. But uh, before we start, um, you know, there's Anastasia, the career woman, but I want to know about about you. I want to know about Anastasia, the person, and, uh, and and maybe just give us a little bit of your journey, but also some facts that maybe most of us don't know about you. And I'm just meeting you for the first time, so lots of it's new to me. But so what are some cool things that you're really proud of and, and, and brag? Oh my, I guess, I, I mean, how juicy do we want to get here? Um, let me think. So um, I, I love adventure travel. I think I've always been an, an adventure uh, cool. junkie and, and I just returned from an amazing and, and quite frankly, a life-changing um, trip to Nepal, which was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I love I, I love anything with, that requires a ton of adrenaline. So um, I've been taking up extreme mountain biking, you know, going right after the rain, going up and down mountains. It's it's pretty, nice. pretty intense. It's, it's uh, I, I don't do anything kind of half-assed. I've got to go, um, dare I say, whole-assed. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just, I, I like things that, that really challenge me, you know, personally and uh, physically and emotionally. What was your first challenge that you ever remember having as a, as a young woman? Oh gosh, you know, I, I think as you know, becoming a mom at a, at a really young age, it really okay. gets you to to think about things and, and think about where your life is is heading and where you where you truly want it to go, not necessarily where people expect you to be, but, yes. but where you're going to to how you're going to build the life for you and, and creating a vision for yourself. 
Yeah, of course. So that would be interesting. I have a friend of mine. She was uh, a mother at 13 years old, which is uh, which is which is pretty spectacular in itself. But the fact is, is that she grew up, brought up this amazing young woman uh, as her daughter, and has transcended uh, her into being another uh, young, you know, young mother herself who's bringing it onto her kids. So uh, yeah, you never know where those little adventures are going to take you for sure. So tell us about your your indie record label. I'm really kind of like like record book, uh, STEM, indie record. Does is, is that before the STEM and the versature of the indie record label? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's kind of dating myself, but that's okay. Um, so, <laughs> so I've always been um, involved in music in, in some form, whether it be, you know, playing or, or studying um, with the Royal Conservatory or, or what have you. But in, in with the indie record label, I was just a lover of music and I wanted to bring the kind of the lesser known um, people who had incredible talent to uh. to what I thought at that point was the masses. And, um, you know, what a great opportunity to meet some of the most um, incredibly talented, brilliant and creative people um, from around the world. So that was a, one of the, the probably the best part of of having that that label is is meeting these people and being inspired and, and kind of pushing the envelope of what what you can do. Talking about inspired, who's the person in uh, in your life, whether you know them or you don't, that you say when you're making decisions, uh, yeah, I'll do that because that's what so and so would do. Who is there one person in your life that you really look to for for that type of uh, counsel, even if they, like I say, don't know? Actually, Richard Branson is my mentor, and he doesn't even have a clue who I am. So, is there someone like that in your life? Yeah, the, you know, there's there's lots, and I, I call them my my personal board of directors and, and some yep. people don't know that they're on it or not, but, um, yep. you know, dear friends that I, that I've respected, you know, over time, um, my dad, um, you know, Danielle Laporte, she's a, a pretty amazing woman. Um, but then, you know, there's people on the business side, like, like, um, Richard Branson, like you, like you mentioned, and, and people like Mark Cuban, people that, you know, I respect from, from a business acumen point of view and what they've accomplished. So I don't think I would ever rely on one person, whether they knew it or not, to, to be my gauge, but, but rather, you know, kind of tapping into who I think would be appropriate at that time. Who's the last one you brought on your board? Oh, man, now you're testing me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it, it the last one, not as important as, as the one that's been really constant. And that's been, you know, kind of saying, what would my dad do? You know, the hardest yeah. working man I've ever seen in my life and ever, nice. ever got to know. know. And um, yeah, he's, he's kind of the one that I would say, you know, what would he do? And I don't always follow cool. his advice because, you know, I'm just that kind of way. But yeah, um, but yeah he, he's one that would have been cont- constant. Yeah, my dad used to always say to me, he said, Rivers, I'm going to give you lots of advice. It's up to you whether or not you want to take it. <laughs> and, and, and it sounds like your dad's the same way He'll because he loves you so much. He's still going to give you the advice, but you're strong enough to take it or not. Love you it. Got it. So the books, let's talk about your books. Because I said, we got a lot to talk about that you have authored. What was the first one? Uh, what was the inspiration for the first book? Um, so so I've written a few of them, like some some ebooks, but I think the ones that um, I'm really, really proud of are actually a total diversion from, from the technology side of things. And um, those were the kids' books that, that I wrote. So the first one was um, the one that's English, French, and Spanish. And I wrote that because um, my daughter was growing up in a household where we had all of these languages um, spoken, but she was, um, it was kind of like language soup. She was not able to differentiate between one language or another. So um, what I said, you know, let's put together a way or a methodology, you know, that's that's actually been done many, many times, but where kids can see the line between the different languages, but also understand that you can say the same thing and express your, 
yourself in other languages as well and be confident in doing so. So um, the first book is really for the really young kids where, you know, they're, they're hearing new sounds and getting comfortable with, with um, pronunci- pronunciation and uh, expressing themselves in different ways. And um, that one's worked out really well. It's, it's a lovely kid's book. Cool, cool. And um, so, and what's it called? It's called Nature's Creatures, a language introduction book. Very cool. I love it. So what about uh, Versature? Now that's, uh, I love the name, first of all, and you're on the leadership team. Can you tell us a a little bit about, uh, you know, that focus on on VoIP? And, you know, to me anyway, I mean, I don't live in your world, but that's that's, that's a pretty competitive environment. How do you differentiate yourself? It's it's hugely competitive. I mean, here in Canada, we have the big three, and and those are household names. And um, with Versature, we're we're not your mama's telco. And and while we visit, we <laughs> deliver, and, and you'll you'll get to know that. Just visit our website. You'll you'll see that we have a totally different approach to to customer success. And I think that's the biggest differentiator for, for us because we're offering this this amazing reliable phone service um, using the cloud. It's totally managed for you. You don't have to worry about maintenance. Um, and it's we take a different approach to bringing customers on board and keeping them on board and keeping them successful. So from the moment they, they meet us for the first time and maybe speak to a salesperson to the point where we're actually training them to to use the system and configure the system and supporting them along the way. I mean, we have a very high touch point feel. We know our customers by name, even though we have so many and, and they know us mm. and they, they feel like they're, they're part of the family. So um, we take that to heart and we really are totally committed to making sure our customers are successful and uh, stay with us for a long time. I would think that, uh, Anastasia, with that focus of differentiation, and I think it's a brilliant way to do it. I have uh, connected to a, um, a, a gourmet burger restaurant and uh, customer service uh, touch points are critically important to us. But we're always challenged with the culture piece of, of having that consistently being delivered. Do you run into that? And if you do, how do you, with your growing company, maintain that consistency? amongst your uh, amongst your team. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been growing at an extremely rapid rate. I mean, 50% year over year um, for the last three years. And and that's pretty incredible for any organization. And um, you'd expect to to feel some growing pains. And to, to some extent we do, but our commitment to our customers is our top priority. You know, having a reliable phone service on the technology side um, and high quality um, systems themselves is, is the easy part. But Serving your customers in the way they deserve to be served is something that we say to every person in our organization. And I think our, our COO actually puts it best is you can't go wrong when you do the right thing. And every mm. single person in the organization is empowered to do the right thing for, for the customer. Love it. I, you know, one of the things that I always, uh, when I'm working with young entrepreneurs, remind them that business is purely just a dating game. That's all it is. And, uh, and if you can keep your customers in the honeymoon stage at all times during the date, then you're really going to keep them for a long time because it's the most magical part of the relationship. So uh, good for you and your focus and beyond doing it. And the big three, it's very difficult, of course, for them to be able to, uh, to adjust and, uh, and, and, and retract and start again and doing that direction. And it's, 
the it's the nimble and quick that are going to do it. So you know when I look at uh, and I'm sure you're well aware of him with um, uh, Tony Lacavera with uh, Win Mobile and so on. And when I talk to him about his journey, he talks about uh, he talks about one of the one of the biggest joys he had was the whole disruption of causing pain and havoc and and discomfort amongst the big three. Um, not that you're with that have that same motivation, but you know what opportunities does Versature have to continue to disrupt the sector that uh, you guys are hanging out in? Sure, sure, and and I like I like the word disrupt, and and I would probably spin it a little bit of different way in a, in positive disruption. Like let's let's change right. things that we don't like. I mean, if you don't want to call your service provider, why is that? You know, how could we make it so that callings, you know, the people who are providing you with whatever service, phone or otherwise. Um, a pleasant opportunity, you know, a pleasant experience. So you want to do it again um, and you want to talk to your friends about it and your colleagues and so forth. So to that end, I mean, we, our tagline is business phone systems or business phone service evolved. And the evolution of that is taking it to the next level and it's one thing to have really great technology, like I said, but having that extra customer service and then taking it even a step further and integrating with existing systems, mashing up data from phone service with your business metrics, um, having some social aspects like social caller ID. These are things that really allow us to go head to head with the big three and things that they just don't have and where we can mm. provide value to our business customers. Did you bring anything back from Nepal that you're going to implement that you can tell us about that uh, that uh, is going to be something cool and new? Um, in what sense? I brought lots. In the sense from- of business. In sense of business. Sorry, that uh, you're going to implement into the business. And say, oh my gosh, this is another touch point that's going to be so magical for our customers. You know, I think what I really learned in Nepal was just connecting with people, and that reinforced right. that. Um, you know, we talk about B two B, and and while we don't do B two C, you know, lots of people do. It, it's none of that. That doesn't really exist. We do human to human, H to H, and mm. if you're able to connect with people on that human level, you're golden. You know, people aren't brands and they're not company names or URLs, they're people. And they're the ones that make decisions for the business. Have you used that terminology before H to H? I sure have with our team. Uh, it's kind of like our, our top priority. You're not talking to, you know, numbers, you're talking to humans. I love it. I'm going to take that from you and implement it into one of our companies because it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do it. Oh. Do it. <laughs> so your role is the uh, vice president of marketing. And, um, you know, how does, how does besides the, the human metrics, the HDH metrics, how else does uh, Versature uh, measure success within, within the company? Sure. Like from a marketing perspective, I, I came from, you know, even corporate world where where marketing organizations tend to be this this fluffy cloud where cool things happen and logos get created and graphics happen and T-shirts and stress balls and other swag comes out. Um, but that's not how we operate. Like we, we do all of those things. But at the end of the day, we measure our success in revenue for the company. Um, mm. A lot of people say, oh, you know, we've got lots of metrics like clicks and views and likes and <laughs> shares. And you know what? <laughs> That, that's lovely, but those are vanity metrics. So they feel yeah. really great and, and they pump you up. But um, if we're not getting paid, you know, and this is a great message for entrepreneurs, if all of your efforts are not resulting in revenue, there's there's a disconnect. There's something wrong there. So you have to be able to connect all of the cool things you can do with the money coming into the company. 
Yeah, that is so true. We do get, get hung up on those, uh, what would you call them, vanity uh, metrics. Van- I love it. Vanity love it. metrics, yeah. Yeah, love it. Well, so I can tell quite easily that you would be an amazing speaker to uh, to chat to, and I know that you have uh, done and continue to do public speaking, and you recently wrote, actually, as to how you can boost your brand with public speaking. When you say your brand in that particular context, are you referring to your personal brand, your your your, your company brand or both? Can you oh, tell I us a little w- bit more? Absolutely. So in that particular article, I was talking about, uh, you know, the individual, the personal brand. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you can get amazing spokespersons for your company to get out in, in the wild, so to speak, um, and, and speak about topics that are, may not even be relevant to to the exact service you offer, but complementary or at least of interest to your perfect fit customer. I mean, you, you've got really great opportunities to to share the love, share, share what you do, um, share the passion about what you do and share your successes. And I think that's a, that's a great opportunity that a lot of um, small and even large businesses are missing out on. Yeah. So how does somebody go about just getting a speaking gig? It's their first time out, small, small uh, company, uh, you know, loves the whole concept of it, but uh, what's the, what's the, what's the first step they need to take to get themselves on the stage, onto the stage? Sure. There, there's a couple of things. So um, the first thing is if you, you haven't done it before, start at like small small orga- organizations or organized events like meetups or, or things that would be a little bit more forgiving. Let's say if, if you um, you know might stumble across your words or fall off the stage, which I have done, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Really? T- totally. Totally. In, in the middle of a speech at the end, at the beginning, where was it at? Right in the middle of a demo. I fell. It was a, a demo. Um, back then it was grid computing and I fell right into the grid. I mean, oh it, my was, gosh. it was, it was, how did you recover? I just did like a, but um, cha, don't do that. <laughs> I love it. Um, but <laughs> Keep yeah, on going. Exactly. You know, just don't, yeah. don't let them see you sweat. Um, but yeah. no, get in front of as many people or, or your perfect fit customers as possible. And, um, while, you know, you have those signature talks, you know, look at the things that you're really passionate about and then, um, and what is of interest to, to your audience, your ideal customer audience and talk about those things. It doesn't have to always be a pitch. I mean, that's, nobody wants to be pitched. Talk mm. about something interesting. Do you have, uh, do you have, um, like, um, uh, Tony Shea, uh, once talked about, uh, he gets, used to get asked so many times to, uh, to speak and he, uh, on so many different topics. And after a while he said, I just, I just have to pick the, this is my topic. This is what I speak on. Is that where your career is taking you now from a public speaking perspective that it's one or two main topics you're on? Yeah, I have a few topics that I'm that I'm really really passionate about, and you know, probably the most recent one that I've been speaking about has been you know, having a sales development team. Is that kind of pre-sales experience and developing developing a team that can deliver that kind of um, great um, experience to attract customers to the company. But mm. um, at the same time, you know, having those signature talks are are really really important, and um, making sure that you can get those talks in front of the people that you serve best is is ideal. Right now, I'm I'm speaking at a lot of really great great conferences. Um, also looking to do a couple more podcasts of, of our own and, and there's cool. some really great opportunities there. So that's actually another thing, good thing that um, entrepreneurs can do if they don't want to get in front of that big crowd, get behind a microphone and, and, you know, give it all you've got. 
Yeah, well, and you're so true on that one. I know that with Startup Canada and our national podcast show, we're always looking for people, uh, companies, and so on that might suggest uh, being on as our as our guests. We've done over over 55 episodes now, and uh, we're going to continue on strong. So I love that little. Uh, although you weren't advertising for us, you were. We you know we don't know all the stories, so it's be great just to send a a, a, a note to Startup Canada team and and let us know what you're all about. So in your Twitter bio, and I'm curious, do you use Twitter a lot? Yeah, I'm a Twitter addict. Are you really? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love it. Is it your is it, it is your go to uh, go to uh, channel for social media communication? Um, it's my go to channel for for business communications and kind of uh-uh. my opinions on on marketing, which can be particularly strong sometimes. All right. Well, let's talk about strength. You position yourself as the champion of women in STEM. So there's three things that come out of that uh, description to me. One, you call yourself a champion. Two, you're focusing in on the on the women gender and STEM. Now, I'm going to start with STEM because I'm real stupid in that regard. I get the women side. I get the champion side. But what is STEM? STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So when you put that together, it's STEM. And it's also been, you know, more recently called STEAM, where they add the arts component to that as well, because there's um, a lot of, um, you know, the same kind of work goes into creating artistic work, whether it be digital or, or otherwise. Right on. And is it is it pure, more from a get uh, champion women in STEM from a industry perspective, or does it extend to entrepreneurship in those sectors? It definitely extends to to entrepreneurship, and and the reason I, I choose the the word champion is to really bring the awareness to women and even children that entrepreneurship, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics are all possibilities for for you, whether it's just an interest or a career. And you know, when I was little, and I'm really dating myself here. I mean, <laughs> I mean that was just not even on the table. It's like, what yeah. you want to be a scientist? Are you yes. what? And and we were never really ever presented with an opportunity to consider that. And right. by getting to to young children and, and young girls specifically at an early age, we're able to open their minds as to what they can do. And, and maybe they'll really gravitate towards one of those subjects or one of those interests. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I've, I've interviewed a lot of amazing female entrepreneurs and uh, champions of uh, women in industry and entrepreneurship. And and uh, it's wonderful to see the pivot in society happening and for people to embrace that uh, that whole approach and, and vice versa for males going into non-traditional male roles also. So it's uh, uh, I think it's really cool that you're doing that and and um, that you're you're obviously seeing some wonderful results on that. So how can other entrepreneurs help you with, uh, with your journey with, uh, with STEM? I mean, the, you, you talked about culture, you referenced it anyway, indirectly with the, when you were a young woman, um, you know, how does, how do organizations, how do, how does society start to, uh, get on the, get on the bandwagon, get on the train, uh, encouraging this type of, uh, this type of, uh, championship? Absolutely. I mean, companies and, and certainly enterprise class companies have the resources to um, look a lot farther, look a lot farther than, you know, who are they going to hire next week? Who are they going to hire next year? What kind of employees do you want to have and what level of preparedness can they have, you know, 20 years down the line? And by that, by the resource um 
topic, I, I wanted to really stress that they can start investing in that for children early on in presenting their companies as a STEM-friendly company and presenting STEM um, activities as an option for, for kids. I mean, at the end of the day, we want everybody to to embrace these as options mm-hmm. and and may the best candidate win, no question. But I guess what where I'm coming from is, is being in part of the hiring process for many years, even now, I'm still very disappointed that we're not even seeing women applying for these roles as much as they should be or they could be. And we're seeing a lot of women dropping out of these these programs. So I want to see, you know, women see those programs through. I want to see more resumes. I want to see more children in general to to look at these as possibilities and to see them all the way through to their careers. Is that a challenge? Is that a challenge with women that are quote unquote adults or a challenge for the education system when they're young girls to to start to um, uh, culturalize, if that's the correct word? But you know what I mean? Bring it more into mainstream dialogue at the at the at the school level, middle school, that sort of thing. Where's the biggest opportunity to begin that that adjustment in your mind? I think the the biggest opportunity is in the primary and the middle and high schools. I mean, that's that's really an excellent opportunity to introduce and then maintain that that interest. And then, but more most importantly, access to the tools, the materials, the equipment, the mm-hmm. technology that they may not have access at home. I mean, there's there's not everybody has a has a daddy or a mommy who can go ahead and say, here, buy that uh, Apple product, uh, buy two, you know. And it, they need to have access to these in a very productive environment where they're supportive and supported and taught and educated as to how they can be used. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's uh, let's kind of move on to the uh, adventure side of Anastasia. Um, uh, first of all, I had to ask you: Have you ever been on a on a trip that was that you bought from the? I think it, I think they're Toronto based Gap Adventures. I haven't, but I know people will have, and they loved it. Yeah, the guys, uh, the guys just done an amazing job. I, mem- I remember a long time ago I was involved with this, the hottest startups list with Profit Magazine, and uh, and he had just got on that list. And what he's done with that business with his team has been really cool. But obviously, you embrace adventure, you embrace big steps, and uh, you talk a lot about it and making bold moves. So you know, what does that mean to you, and how do you practice it? Yeah, it's something you have to be really mindful of all the time. And for me, that that's all about getting the hell out of your comfort zone. And, um, yeah. you know, especially when, you know, you're coming from a very corporate environment and you're kind of conditioned to um, maybe sometimes in a, in a negative way, keep your ideas to yourself, not be forthcoming, not challenge, not not learn more, not be more open minded, not uh, think out of the box. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes, but I would I would always encourage people to speak your mind, you know, get out of that comfort zone. If, if it scares you, that might be actually the trigger to say, hey, you know, give it a try. What's, what's the worst that can happen? You can fail fast and do something else. Tell us about your daughter. Is she a lot like you? Um, I have two and they're both frighteningly like me. So, (laughs) (laughs) But you would tell them to do everything that you did. I, I would totally would. I and even to challenge me, you know, because yes. I always I'm wearing the mom hat, and that doesn't necessarily mean giving them the the freedom yes. to to make those mistakes all the time that I should. 
Yeah, that's so true. My my uh, dad used to always say the best gift you can give to your kids is their independence. But uh, but you, 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 my kids are just all moving out now, and it's just at that point. Oh my gosh, I really did give them an independence. They they need me, but they don't need me, and it's it's frighteningly good, is what it is. It's uh, it's awesome. So uh, look, you've had many different roles throughout your career. Um, can you talk about for the entrepreneurs, the startups that are on this call and are coast to coast? You know, some of the the, uh, yeah, the top two lessons that you might have learned along the way, specifically relating to product strategy and from a small business perspective. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that I think would be most valuable to to any business, I mean, small, especially because they're taking the biggest risk, to be quite honest. You know, they either, you know, fly or, or fall or fail. And um, what I would totally recommend that they do is to share as much as possible. Try, prototype, share some more. I mean, stealth is dead. If you want customers at the other end of the line, once you've finished building something, you need to engage them really, really early on at the idea stage. So that's a really, really important thing. Don't be worried about someone stealing your idea. Just put it out there, see if it sticks, and then build upon it and test it and, and see if it if it's something that people will actually buy. Because if you're doing it in- incrementally and if you're doing it kind of lean style, you're getting out of the building, you're testing, you're validating, you're pivoting if you need to, um, and, and you're more agile than any large company will be able to to be. And um, they're kind of doing that in, in closed doors. They're not necessarily always putting things out there. So I think in that way, entrepreneurs and startups are, you know, have the upper hand because they can do things a little bit more quickly. But then, you know, realizing that um, you can't build it and they will come. You have to try, test and validate and, and just be honest with yourself. If something's not working, just do something else. Tell us about Aniva International. And Viva International. Oh, that's just kind of that's my Viva. Sorry. Yeah, and Viva. So it's it's my my first two letters of of each of my names, and um, it's just the umbrella mama company. I call her the mama company um, for my publishing company and for for my speaking engagements right now. But uh, we've got some things in the hopper as well. So how does uh, you're you're obviously an entrepreneur working uh, versature? How does uh, how does your team embrace you doing? other things that are entrepreneurial driven um, and how do you balance that out? I mean, that's, that's the biggest challenge with entrepreneurs. We're, we're chasing squirrels all the time. It's one to get the focus on some squirrels, not versus all of them, but how do you, how do you do that balance and how does your team at Versature accept that? Yeah, I think it's it's actually really great. The team has been phenomenal. And when I was, you know, looking at um, kind of what my next step was was going to be, you know, do I start something new on my own or do I join something that I would really, really enjoy? And, you know, I had a lot of talks with with our CEO before I, I made the decision. And, and what I really loved was that he was building something that I would be proud of. And I am proud of. Um, I wasn't willing to go to a company that, you know, I would just be a cog and that's not, not my thing. So, and, and he has always been very, very supportive in any, you know, speaking gigs, any of the, you know, humanitarian work that I do, and, and certainly the work supporting, um, Hervolution as as the chair of the board. So um, I think that's also speaks to the culture of the company and, and giving people the freedom to do more. And I think that's that's actually good for our company as opposed to mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, whatever you're doing might totally take away from from our efforts. I mean, they're they're my first priority from a business perspective. And sure. um, and I think anything that I do outside of that is just complimentary. Yeah, I love it. Good for them and good for you to be able to do that. Well, Anastasia, I I I gotta bet one thing before we go that you can't handle meetings that go longer than an hour. 
No. Oh, what are those? <laughs> we had 15 questions to get through today. And it was, it was, it was really, you talk about speed dating. It was speed <laughs> questioning. You just boom, 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 boom. I loved it. We got through everything. The energy was great. The insight was cool. The lessons, uh, you've got an amazing career and, uh, I'm sure your daughters are very proud of you. I'm sure your team is very proud of you. And I know we're lucky to have you in our country doing the magic you're doing with STEM and so on. And it's off to you for last words. Do you have any final words of advice for our listeners? Oh boy, I, th- I think my biggest thing would be trust yourself. Trust yourself implicitly. And and even when you get some haters and naysayers, I mean, that's sometimes a, a beacon that you're on the right track. If you're not ruffling feathers, um, and, and quite frankly, if you're not pissing people off in some way, you're probably doing something kind of boring, mundane, and run-of-the-mill. So do something different. Don't be afraid to ruffle those feathers. Ruffle. Ruffle away. <laughs> <laughs> Anastasia Valentine, you are what I call a rock star. It was such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show today and uh, have an incredible day keep doing your magic and i look forward to catching up real soon oh thank you so much yeah thanks a lot it was my pleasure thank you for joining us today on the startup canada podcast a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every canadian want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content well then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events and my name is rivers corbett i'm your host as always i invite you to follow me on twitter at rivers corbett i do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Okay, so let's talk about user research. And first of all, what the heck is user research that you're... Yeah, I want you to th- I want you to describe it as if you're talking to your grandmother right now. It's the process of going out and, and learning about what problems your users have and figuring out um, what they want and what their lives are like and how you can sort of make an impact on it. So it's really about doing research on who your customer is or who your user would be, mm-hmm. um, figuring out who they are as people, what motivates them, what challenges they face, sort of really building like a persona around um, who your typical customer would be, um, and then sort of continuously learning about them over time, especially as you develop your product. Um, And so you can learn about them as an individual or or sort of before you have anything. So what problems do they have? How might you start to address them? And then as you develop a product over time, you can sort of also learn more about how they use your product, um, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, all that kind of stuff. So it's really a a general term for learning about who your typical user is. So how does that differ from beta testing? So beta testing is um, sort of a specific kind of product testing um, that typically happens uh, after a, a launch, but before a public launch. Mm-hmm. So typically um, in, a, in a technology firm, when you're developing a product, it starts off in an ideation phase and it goes through design then it goes through engineering and then quality assurance. And after quality assurance, they sort of have a sort of a beta group or a beta test where um, they let uh, a number of customers or users use it that don't have the desi- the need or the expectation of like completely bug-free experiences. 
Um, and so that's usually a time where the company and the product team can get some feedback from people that will actually use the product before they go and promote it to the world and say, look at this amazing product we have. And so typically when people think about user testing, um, usually they're only focused on um, the, uh, you know, we, we've just finished this thing. Now let's make sure it's not buggy and then let's launch it to the world when really you want to have the feedback and coming in and the sort of interaction with the customer throughout the entire process from the very beginning of I have this idea all the way through to the public launch.